Without further ado, welcome to the latest in the Balderton Capital podcast series. I'm here today with Andre Chow and Andy Davis, the co-founder and marketing guy, respectively, of Balderton Portfolio Company, Touch Surgery. Just to kick off, uh, for those who haven't come across Touch Surgery as yet, and I don't know how you haven't, because Touch Surgery are the first ever company to make two appearances on the Balderton podcast, one heck of an accolade, you'll agree. Uh, please just give a little intro to Touch Surgery, what the business is all about, and how far along you are at this stage. Cool. Um, well, firstly, thanks, Ben, for having us back. Um, yeah, so a little bit about Touch Surgery. So for those of you who don't know us, uh, I'm an ex-general surgeon, I'm trained in London. Um, and probably about four or five years ago now, started up touch surgery with a colleague of mine, Jean, um, who's a plastic surgeon. Um, and essentially, the idea was all around providing a mobile accessible tool to help surgical training. The idea being that we could use one platform to train surgeons around the world the best surgical techniques um, to allow them to treat their patients in a safer and more effective manner. Um, there's no way of doing that at the moment. And, you know, there are huge problems affecting surgical training right now that have really kind of necessitated the need for a platform like ours. Uh, we're about three years old now. Uh, we're already being used officially at places like Harvard, Stanford, NYU, Johns Hopkins, and so on in the U.S. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of us in a nutshell. Well, it's one impressive nutshell, just to put it out there. And you list off names like Harvard, Stanford, Johns Hopkins, like the top brass of the medical industry. But talking to you guys before the podcast and on the last episode we did together as well, there is a bit of a, uh, a customer problem when it comes to any healthcare business, not just uh, touch surgery, of course, that the organizations you often deal with are potentially larger and more conservative, as to use the words you used just now, uh, than other organizations. Does that provide uh, a business like yourself with a different set of problems or set of challenges to, to, any, other, to any other company? Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I think, you know, dealing in the healthcare space is very difficult. And that's probably one of the reasons why so many entrepreneurs kind of stay away from it. Um, and one of the reasons why, in many senses, healthcare um, is lagging behind you know, other sectors in terms of, you know, startups, um, new technologies, um, and just, you know, the ability to innovate, shall I say. You know, everyone knows that healthcare is an incredibly valuable and large market, but really when you look at the kind of customers or clients that you can deal with within their mar that market, they're limited, they're often very large, and with huge size comes immense slowness, um, and lots and lots of regulation. Is that the same what you see from your side, Andy, as well, when you're marketing to these people? Is it a very different process from uh, when you're in other industries? Because I know you've spent time in across sectors, not just healthcare. Have you had to almost completely switch a few lessons that you've taught yourself before? Yeah, not just... Um, I mean, yeah, I spent time in, in, in LA and, and in Silicon Valley prior to, to such surgery, but... The, the thing for me, it's not even really that. It's the process that you have to adjust to when I, from where I came from um, and like kind of pacing yourself at a different rate. And you really have to be even more diligent on understanding kind of who your consumers are and who your potential buyers are, um, more so than I believe I've had experience in, in other industries. So for me, that was the major adjustment is being a little bit more diligent and the stuff that you put out like 
just as like a, a layman example, even, you know, looking at putting stuff out on a blog, for example, has to be, you know, processed way more so than, as we were joking about earlier, if you're selling underwear, right? If you're, <laughs> Which you work for... You, you have done before, is that correct? <laughs> no, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish. I said that, you know, um, there was a company in LA that, that we were very close with and they were... Um, building an underwear brand which I won't plug but um, they they actually had like a tremendous amount of success um, and it's quite alarming like the amount of things that they were able to freely test out from a marketing perspective and things that like I would like to be more creative with and test out in this space but there's certainly a little bit more restrictions um, which some people is like oh well that sounds like it's less fun but not necessarily it just means that you have to kind of be a bit even more creative, I believe, to really get your points across. And is that fair enough? I mean, just to put that out there, we've kind of established that healthcare moves a lot slower than other industries when it comes to innovation, your point, Andre, when it comes to marketing and you know the sales process within that, Andy. But is that fair enough? Does it need to be protective more than other industries because, of course, there's people's health, health and lives at stake in certain circumstances? Or are there certain bits of procedure that are just way too long? I think by its nature, medicine and healthcare is conservative, right? Medics, doctors, surgeons are typically, you know, thinking about worst case scenarios very early on in the discussion. Um, that's just the way they think and that's the way we've been trained to think. And I think for that, you know, when you're treating patients, that's entirely appropriate. That mentality, however, doesn't exactly lend itself to, you know, a typical entrepreneurial you know, approach of try something first, think about it later, right? Um, and I think, you know, that's that's one of the problems um, that, you know, healthcare startups have to overcome. When you go and talk to an executive at a hospital or in a pharmaceutical company, very often within the first 10 minutes, they're already thinking about the legal and regulatory implications of what you're suggesting um, and that's something that we have to deal with at a very, very early stage. You're facing this challenge head on, and something we've come here to talk about is the hackathon that you guys are hosting in a few weeks' time at Balderton HQ. What's the goal? One, explain exactly what you're doing. What is this hackathon? What's, what's it for? What's it all about? And secondly, what's the goal of the hack? Is it to help touch surgery become better product itself or to increase innovation in the field, in the sector at large? I think it's... It's a little, little bit of both, to be pure, uh, perfectly honest. Um, you know, over the last few years, we've come to realize that, thankfully, we're not the only medics out there who've got ideas and who want to make a change. Um, there are lots and lots, especially in the younger generation of doctors and surgeons who really want to do something entrepreneurial, want to do something slightly outside of medicine, but still related. Um, and who are incredibly frustrated with the systems as they exist. These guys at the moment don't really have anywhere to go, right? They, being a medic can sometimes be very insular. All you know is other medics. You don't have um, exposure to the startup world, to developers, to VCs, and so on. So um, things like listeners to this po podcast, like active participants in the tech scene, will take for granted people in the medical profession just don't have the, even the entry-level knowledge of at the moment. Exactly. I mean, so I, I gave a talk um, end of last year at you know a, a large kind of society based down in Wimpole Street. 
talking to a you know large room full of young doctors, all of whom had amazing ideas around healthcare, literally didn't know where to start. It was like a beginner's class of, I can't code, what do I do? Where do I find a developer? You know, how do you start a business? Like, you know, how do I protect my IP and things like that? What does lean even mean? Sorry about the uh, awkward rhyming slang, but <laughs> but yeah, no. I, but I like that because everyone listening to this podcast has, I understand our listeners are lots of entrepreneurs at different stages, fellow investors as well, that you hear the term lean methodology, you hear the name Eric Reese and you know who that guy is and what that's all about immediately. But of course, you're dealing with a group of people that as straight off the bat, they don't need to, so therefore they don't. So if you were to give a, a bit of a 101, like the first things you need to learn, if you're a, a wannabe doctorpreneur, you want to start, start a business of yourself, what would those almost top three things be? either people you need to know or things you need to do sure. before you even jump in that deep end. I'll, well, I'll give my, I'll give, I'll give a couple and then I'll give it to Andre. I'm sure he's got a couple. But I think the importance of like testing out the marketplace is the first thing. Um, I think that a lot of people, before they kind of bring their ideas into fruition, they kind of conceivably think in their own heads that this is the best thing I've ever heard of. No one else must have ever thought of this idea. And then before they know it, they're putting their pension and their own money and resources into this without even considering like external feedback. So I think that as much as anything, like I know Andre and Jean, when they were in there, um, when they were surgeons and they were around the people, they were fully aware because they had the direct feedback that this was a frustration and there was a tool that could be implemented to, you know, as a solution. Hence, you know, touch surgery kind of prevailed. But I think just, uh, you know, throughout people who are creative people and want to build startups, the first thing that I would ever advise someone to do is, you know, is who is your buyer is the number one thing. Like, what's his name? John Smith, age 33. What is he? What does he do? Before you even think about making a business plan and then build, make a simple landing page that costs nothing to do, put it out there and see if you get any bites. Minimum viable healthcare. MVT. <laughs> No, I, I definitely agree with all that. I mean, for me, I know it sounds harsh, but I think the, the biggest piece of advice I'd give people is that, you know, ideas are cheap, right? Everyone's got an idea. Um, everyone has been nowadays kind of, you know, they've seen the Facebook story, they've seen the Snapchat story, and they're like, oh, right, I had that idea 10 years ago. But you didn't do anything about it. So it's all about execution in it's your mind. It's all about execution. It's like, you know... People are so protective over their ideas <clears throat> and they don't realize that no one's really going to steal them unless you've actually, you know, you actually have to go out and do something. That's a really interesting point. So there's almost two types of entrepreneurs that we come across upstairs at Balderton and one very free with their ideas, very knowing that, yes, it is all about execution and almost pro-sharing. They like talking about their idea and they like talking about their business. And others that want you to sign an NDA before they'll even sit down for a coffee. So you're anti-NDA culture and much more about it's all about execution so to hell with you know putting your under idea under wraps for too long we, we had to learn that the hard way right you know for the first few years we would try and tell people about our idea without telling them about the idea <laughs> we tried to make sales without being without showing people our product um, you know we would go to VC pitches and demand an NDA and obviously they wouldn't sign one so we wouldn't pitch you know, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, 
And, you know, it was only really when we decided, you know, actively to let the walls down, you know, tell our story, get something done, that things started to move for us. So, you know, I, you know, like I mentioned, you know, medics are often very conservative people by nature. Um, they often, you know, one of their first worries is around, oh my God, if I tell someone my amazing idea, someone's going to steal it. It's not true. They won't. Healthcare is hard. Right? <laughs> They're not just going to suddenly steal your idea and build a product in like, you know, six months. And starting a company is hard. I mean, exactly. there's uh, probably lots of similar ideas out there. If you've switch to fintech and look at the payment space there's lots of very similar companies out there exactly. uh, and it's probably not about the idea about dressing up transaction banking or peer-to-peer in a different dress it's all about execution and getting to customers so i that's holy and that's one of the that. things that we want to what we wanted to do at touch surgery was to help grow that healthcare community in london um that brought people with great ideas with people who actually knew how to execute um, and you know, create a culture that where, whereby we can actually get some things done. So on that note, we have mentioned it, almost tipped our hat to it, but let's go into detail on the hackathon that you're hosting here at Baldison HQ because it is really fascinating and you're bringing two groups of people together, entrepreneurs, techies, uh, in the same room as doctors, healthcare professionals, etc. Andy, I know you're the man with the details on this, so give us the, give us the skinny. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, we should probably give a little intro to what the hell a hackathon is in the first place. Um, so, traditionally, they were kind of a computer programmers who would get together. I'm sure if anyone's seen the Facebook movie or anything like that, it's they kind of work intensively for 48 hours usually and they try and solve a coding problem. And obviously, since then, there's been somewhat watered-down versions um, depending on more niche markets and they want to build ideas around those particular marketplaces and we're no different and um you know we just felt that through a lot of the partnerships and relationships that we'd built on the medical side we've also got just as strong as of a, of a voice now or it feels like we've got as much of a voice on the tech side that you know we were in a you know a relatively unique position where we could bring the two worlds together and broker that with those relationships and ultimately, you know, give people the opportunity to, who, like we were just talking about, might not have the MBA under the belt, but they have the creative ideas and they're in that world of of, te- of medical and they have creative solutions, but they wouldn't know how to go about it. We feel we have the means to kind of bring those two together. So we said, well, what is the best way that we can approach this? And we felt that the hackathon just sort of made sense from that. And that was really just getting feedback from both parties and saying that, you know, I'd love to do that. Oh, that'd be great to sit down with a surgeon. Oh, that'd be great to sit down with, you know, an MBA or a startup guy or, or an engineer, etc. So really, that's what we've kind of created with this hackathon. And obviously, Bolton have been gracious enough to lend us their space. It is our pleasure. Um, on we, we hope. <laughs> so here comes the plug. Letting anyway. doctors loose in the, in the building. I mean. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, but we're hoping creative thoughts. So is there an overriding goal? Are you hacking towards a certain result? Because the hackathons I've been to in the past, there's often almost one mm-hmm. goal or one problem that's uh, on the table that all the teams, all the technologists, etc., are aiming to solve. Is it that kind of format or slightly different? It will be that, that way. Um, we're at the kind of the foundation stages at the moment where 
we really want to rely on the medical people and the surgeons to bring the problems to the table. And obviously the way we've kind of structured it is that we have sign-up forms for business and, and medical. And we want the people on the medical to provide the problems that they want to work on. And then people on the business side to explain to us like what areas they're interested in and how they think they can help. And we really want to marry the ideas and the similarities together. And then that's how we're going to create the teams. And Histemic from that it's going to be really a little bit broader than I think you would get from like an engineering conference or an engineering hackathon, et cetera. Um, really, you know, and this is kind of just reading it off the cuff, but it's, you know, identifying solutions in the medical field um, that are identified by the surgeons, which are, by the way, coming from um, BAPRAS, which is the British Association of Plastic Surgeon and Anesthesia. How is it? What it Take it from here, Andre. It's the British Association of Plastic and Reconstructive Plastic. Surgeons. I got all the words in and uh, just got it in the wrong order. Need to don't judge. Drop the order. <laughs> they should. It don't don't come off the tongue quite as easily. <laughs> but basically, they're providing the extremely talented surgeons and uh, have been gracious enough to work with us. I know, obviously, John came from the the plastics background, and that's how we were able to build that relationship. So you know, they're providing the amazing talent, and now it's our job. Hence, part of the reason why we're on the podcast to get as many talented business and technology people together. So, oh, excellent. So, if you're uh, in the business of technology at whatever stage, or you're an engineer, you're a technologist, and you are interested by healthcare, you can at the moment sign up to be part of the Touch Surgery Hackathon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, how they do that? Tell them. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Always hear them. How are we going to bit. do this? Um, <laughs> um, well, to start with, yeah, I mean, don't. One of the main reasons why we, I guess we wanted to come on a podcast and explain is because I think a lot of people automatically identify such surgeries. Oh, well, it's an app, so they must be interested in like building apps. But that's not actually necessarily what we're interested in. We're looking at people who are interested in building hardware, software, apps, of course, tools, actual tools and instruments and consumables from the medical industry Even as well. Medical hardware, you're interested in that. And area, yeah, potentially as well. All of it. And we want the, the, the diversity of thought to come through in the event. That would be the ultimate win for us would be to get that kind of diversification of ideas to, and bring them to the table. So that's fantastic. So you're, the problems you're solving will be brought to the table by surgeons that are practicing now, medical prof professionals that are practicing now, and, well, other surgeons and technologists and entrepreneurs will be able to help them solve, that problem, solve those problems at the hackathon. That sounds quite a noble cause. Andre, a question almost to finish on. If you could... Uh, wind back the clock and you're you're still a, a, an active surgeon, you're still in practice right now and you were invited to the touch surgery hackathon, what would be the problem in surgery that you would want to solve that you would come armed with and you want a, a whole bunch of techies to help you uh, to, to help you ameliorate, I suppose? Well, that's a big question. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to think of an answer that isn't related to what I'm doing. At that the isn't touch surgery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for me, you know, obviously being a surgeon... You know, the field of surgery is really close to my heart. Global surgery at the moment has an immense need for a solution. You know, there are, there are 5 billion people on the planet who don't have access to safe surgery for a number of different reasons. Um, common surgical disease um, kills more people a year than tuberculosis, malaria, and HIV combined. Wow. It's a, it's a massive issue. Um, people aren't paying enough attention to it relatively simple solutions around better maternal care, 
um, trauma care, uh, for example, can make huge impacts on people's health and you know and their livelihoods. Um, and you know, given given how technology has become so pervasive, you know, how smartphones, for example, are so easily accessible all around the world, there must be a way that we can use basic consumer technology to make the lives of people around the world much, much better. That's a big problem, right? I'm not saying there's one solution for it, but that's definitely something that I would be interested in working on. I think we have our first hackathon subject already on the table. <laughs> yeah, Andre. thanks, Andre. <laughs> um, the, the main takeaway is that even though you've seeded this event with a good few people, so I understand from the association you mentioned earlier and a few techies that we know as well, the doors are still open. So is it go to touchsurgery.com and sign up or, or how do you do it? Yeah, so well, we have the, the link that we'll post on the Bolton uh, oh, yeah, website. We'll look below this podcast. For he, the didn't actually admit, he didn't actually let say that earlier, but I thought I'll, pl- I'll plug that one in live just in case he uh, decides against it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, basically it's, it's, the link is a separate page to our website, so you wouldn't be able to find it via the website. So we'd have to kind of provide you with that. Sorry to be complicated, but that's unfortunately what it is. But want to sign up? It's in the. It's right below this podcast. Yeah. I can. I can tell you that much. Right, big letters on the Baldwin website. Um, Point loads of arrows to it. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's on the fourth and fifth of June. It'll be at Baldwin Capital. We're going to have a judging panel of experts. Some people from Baldwin, some people from high-powered positions, and we can't disclose just yet because even though people have said yes. We have to get formal commitments before I can say on the podcast, but it should be a fantastic panel of judges. But bunch of talented people already signed up, like we say, from both worlds, from startup CEOs to you know high-level dev engineers to great designers to obviously fantastic surgeons. So um, sounds like the health tech event of the year is currently in, in planning. <laughs> no, you know, many would say I've overegged it slightly, but still, no, it sounds like a fantastic event. And thank you for hosting it here. Genuinely, it's a pleasure of ours. Andre, almost the last word from you. What's next for Touch Surgery after the after the hackathon, after all that madness? What's next on the horizon? It's really about continuing to make sure that we make an impact. Um, it's about reaching as many surgeons as possible. Um, it's about collecting data that proves that we have an impact on patient outcomes. Um, that's that's really where we're going um, in the next few years. And is that the, you say the collection of data? Is that original data that you generate as purely through all of the surgeons using touch surgery? Is that is that what you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, so, so we, we collect a, a very unique set of data all around essentially surgical training um, and cognitive understanding of surgical procedures. Um, that on its own we think is useful, but if we combine that with the huge amount of data that is collected in healthcare systems already, um, I think you know there's potentially something very powerful there. So keep our eye out for original research. Indeed. Very best of luck for the for the months ahead, gentlemen, and uh, I look forward to the hackathon. Cool. Thanks very much. Cheers, Ben.